welcome back to Strange Cast Play One versus World's Life is Strange podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adnan. My co-host Adam is here. Adam, you here? I I am here. I am present. Here I am. Yes, here you are. Episode forty-nine. This. Yeah. Yeah. Almost one there. More. Well, technically, we have done fifty episodes because obviously the Jonathan Panetta episode was two episodes, but yes. I kind of I consider this as just the you yeah know, the main ep- line. Not yeah, the, the main, yeah, the, the mainline episode. But yeah, we're on episode 49, so obviously very close to a milestone for us. But either way, as I said, always, if you are new here, do please consider dropping us a subscribe, turn on notifications, like the video, share with your friends, help support the channel more than anything else. Um, and also Strangecast is available on all podcast services. So we're available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify with a video version. We're on all of them. So do check us out on there. Um, just as well for everyone as well, FYI, we did drop an Oxen Free 2 review and a spoiler cast on the YouTube channel. Um, I've always said that this to people that, you know, we don't always post just strange cast episodes. There are life after strange. There's also um, other stuff we do. But me and Adam sat down and did a review on Oxen Free and a spoiler cast. So if you have got time, do go and check that out. If you like Oxen Free, it's good. Um, Adam, you really enjoyed that, that episode, didn't you? I did. I got to geek out about scientific music and also the game um but yeah i'm a big fan of oxen free and you get to hear my thoughts on oxen free too exactly so as i said do check that out it's on the youtube channel but obviously in the thumbnail for this as well and we spoke about in the last episode we were talking about a, a life is strange community event that happened called six years after and also someone who was part of it and played a big part of it and also a strange cast listener life is strange fan um as we know him on youtube as dreamwalker we know him on twitter as dream prism alex himself <laughs> is going to be on this episode so we are going to have our main topic revolving around our conversation with him um about six years after life is strange 2 in general and also don't know montreal stuff as well so do definitely check that out it's going to be it's well worth interesting and spoiler for you as well it's great because we already recorded it we're now recording yeah. this is the second part um but as was said, before we even get into the conversation with Alex as well, we've got a lot of news here, Adam, actually, surprisingly. Mm. And would Strangecast be would Strangecast even exist without this first piece of news? Because it is a fan favorite classic. Yes. So I will kick this off on the Life is Strange Twitter page. 18th of July, they tweeted, We have continued work fixing issues in new patches for Life is Strange Remastered Collection, which are now available for PlayStation. PC and Xbox for patch notes. Please follow this link onto the Square Enix website. Oh, I've got that open, which says Deck Nine Games and Square Enix have continued work on fixing some issues in a new patch for Life is Strange Remaster Collection, which is now available for PlayStation, PC, and Xbox. We thank you for your patience and for any reports you have sent uh, sent to us in, uh, helping us to identify these issues. So before some remastered issue, before some remastered fixes for the following identified issues which includes closed names disappearing after selecting bonus outfits um audio issues in the drama lab console buttons adjusting screen size uh, characters appearing darker in some areas max's head animation bug when talking audio issues trans <laughs> transitioning in awakes epilogue hospital ending cinematic crashing uh, during loading between blackwell campus and drama lab uh, direction of chloe's eyes in farewell episode various her direction of, Ma- of her eyes oh, oh man like, I'm, I'm just trying to like fire these off as well because like how many there are direction of uh what's that direction sorry various clippings with max in the attic of farewell high resolution mode crashing in episode one um then onto life is strange remastered issues that have been fixed include max teleporting after pushing motor off the edge of the platform uh z fighting on posters in dana's room 
volume being too quiet between William and Max in episode three, direction hard to see while focusing in art gallery, uh, hang occurs in nightmare sequence, moving to dark room, lighting issue with lag in nightmare sequence. So yes, more patches. We are now currently 2023 on from the Life is Strange remaster collection. And this game is still getting patched. On top of that, yes. Adam actually up opened um, the games on his console to do a bit more due diligence. And I believe you yes. found out sizes of those <laughs> files as well, yeah. updating-wise. Uh, let me bring up the pictures again, because I forget. I'm pretty sure the first uh, Life is Strange game... Oh, I thumbs up something from you. Um, <laughs> I remember the first game got like a seven gigabytes updates or did it? I don't know. Okay. I can't find the pictures, but yeah, the first game, uh, life strange one got like a seven gigabytes or maybe I shared it to you on Twitter. It got like a seven gigabytes. The first life is strange. I've got your pictures here. Was oh, a nine okay. gigabyte, nine gigabyte download on the Xbox, and then before the storm remastered yes. was twenty two gigabytes, just for the update. Twenty two. I'm like looking at it here. Yeah, like it was twenty two point six gigabytes on the Xbox, which you can't see that on. There we go. That was the picture I sent him. I was like, "Are you actually kidding me?" That was a twenty two gigabytes updates to update like it's just it's so wacky dude. shocking it's, like this game yeah. this game is on sale by the way as well i know that life is strange tweet about it being on sale on steam i wouldn't Shocker. pick up with a 60 percent discount i'd pick up with like a 90 percent discount they have really yeah. really <laughs> like i gave them benefit of the doubt at first but like as i said now my, my attitude has changed on a lot of things including the fact that i'm not a fan of these publishers now publishing games and then implementing 600 patches post-release to fix something yeah. i'm just not keen on on that it's just a really bad kind of like way of having developed games yeah. now i'll say this i actually preferred my experience um on switch like i preferred it on switch i haven't played it with my new switch which is the um i have the oled now like i have an oled switch Ooh. um so i played it on the switch lights and i actually preferred my playthrough on the switch rather than my xbox and i can imagine that me playing it on an oled screen i'll prefer that but mm -hmm. notice that like this patch note said like it's now available for playstation pc and xbox it doesn't have any patches for switch and i'll be honest with you when i played it on switch i didn't really experience that many bugs excuse me it just played like a like a normal game patched through a switch mm -hmm. you know like i had no audio glitches i had no real problems I preferred it on the Switch, to be honest with you. Came out after though, didn't it? After the Xbox, yeah, it did. It came out like oh, like five months after. So they probably fixed a couple of the issues straight away. Like, yeah, in the spot. But like, they're still fixing it, which is crazy to me. It's just like you're still fixing this game, dude. That was supposed to be like, it's supposed to be just like a like a quick like put through and like let's update this a little bit. Like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two Remaster, like was the best remaster i played in a very long time and mm -hmm. i don't i didn't experience anything it came out perfect like but this game it just for some reason uh, it just can't and the and the crazy part about tony hawk's pro skater one and two remaster was that it used the original source code 
So it's yeah. not like they rebuilt this game. They used the original source code of the original games, you know? Oof. Um, so it's not like they they did a whole rehaul. They got the source code and just made it better. Like I, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's, it's because they had Activision money, but it's still just like it's wild to me. Your boy Philly will be running that soon. Don't worry about that. <sighs> um, I'm gonna get my Tony Hawk's Underground <laughs> remaster, dude. I'm gonna get it. But I think that what you said there is different, though, because like when Activision remastered those games, they put a lot of time towards it because they're cult classics mm -hmm. and they knew how they were addressing it. The problem is with the industry, and I've said this now, it's almost like remake Bonanza and it's also like remastered Bonanza. So things that don't need remastering get remastered for whatever reason, money essentially, i.e. Yeah. And then remakes also get remastered, uh, remakes because uh, remakes get remade because, well, they can get money from them as well. And they can also just, mm -hmm. they already have like the foundations for like great stories, great everything else. So they only need to do fine tweaks with it. The problem is that there's no quality assurance on it then. So you see, start, start seeing stuff like this come out. So for example, and it's not even just picking on Square Enix either. This because like yeah. Life is Strange was like had a lot of issues here, but the same happened with uh, Rockstar and the Get Grand Theft Auto trilogy. It was like plagued the minute that they started remastering it because you're up updating resolutions, but all these other things start changing in the source codes. Deck Nine mm -hmm. is re remastering Life is Strange One. It was a different team making it. Don't not make made that. So it's like all the effects that are going to happen from it. They're not necessarily aware if they start updating resolutions and stuff if something else is going to break in the game. It's not as easy as just like tweaking little things here here and there. So. That's the issue of it. And it's like the problem is with the remaster collection. It's like left a massive, like, you know, the great things was, was that the fact that they got audio syncing done properly in terms of lip syncing because they were able to yes. do facial capture of it. But after that, there's not really huge positives with Life is Strange remastered and before Storm no. remastered. When you're seeing like loads like... of bugs and stuff, it's like, hang on a minute. It's like, how is this not, how is this not being picked up earlier? How is this even That's allowed to be I'm shipped? I'm looking at these like patch notes and like I said, like the direction of Chloe's eyes in farewell i'm just like are you actually kidding me right now yeah uh, but yeah it's just it's wild to me man yeah it's, it's absolutely it's, wild yeah it's, it's crazy that like i i i kind of like use this as a kind of a novelty gag now almost on, on strange cast but i bring it in because it's like oh it's getting patched oh it's getting fixed oh it's getting this and it's like oh, it's like come on man it's like it could have been a great experience and could have been like just like extra little like you know Cherry in the icing for people like if anything, like should... i said i i personally enjoyed it on switch if so if you have it on if you have a switch and yeah. you want to pick up this game i recommend getting it on switch if you absolutely want to like just experience the remaster like no choices wait for on sale on the eShop. like that that's my recommendation in my opinion because i i preferred it on the switch yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand that. I, and I completely mm -hmm. agree as well. It's better to have Life is Strange on the go as well. And it feels like it's got a better fidelity and et cetera on the Switch. So do pick up on that. I don't really have much else to say because it obviously it's just like this remastered yeah. collection is patch notes. And there you go. Go and check it out if you want to. Um, yeah, it's not anything to say about it. It's just we can't believe it's still a news piece. It's still getting patched. It's, it's 2023, man. It's like, I, like the estimation. And when like, was this what, game released originally? Is it not 2021, 2020? uh let me just uh look i think it, it was up. 2021 it came out it was delayed because it was meant to come out with true colors and it got delayed and it kind of like became even uh it can't <laughs> was it february uh, no, 2021 the... yeah uh sorry it just said oh, yeah it just said the original one uh hang on a minute um I'm being caught out here who i mean it might be in 2022 actually but well, yeah i just late. can't come on just tell me the actual date and i was just saying like before the storm came out in 2017 like i understand that 
Um, let me just fall in the actual. Yeah, before the storm remastered. Come on, give me some details here. Um. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> okay, I can't find. The I have it here. Date. Oh, you do? Good. Yeah, it's the first of February, twenty twenty-two. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's twenty twenty-one. True Colors came out in September, I think. Twenty twenty-one September. And it was meant so to be released with at the time. Well over a year at this point. Yeah. Well, well over, over a year. year of this release date, and it's just like Still you can't even get the direction of Chloe's eyes. It's just. Video games are impossible to make, um, but this is this is wild. This is absolutely wild. Yeah, um, it's not, it's not a good sight. Like I'm, I'm kind of even saying like we might even see a patch in 2024 at this rate, which is not a good thing. A look for Square Enix, and as I said, it's not not the best. They could have just ported the games. They were that keen and just port it, port it yeah. over. Like Life is Strange Two was done on the Switch, or better yet, here's a better idea because we're coming up to it anyway. Just wait for the 10, 10 year anniversary and do. Life is Strange Remastered Collection, or do the Life is Strange Arcadia Bay Collection? Yeah, Arcadia Bay. Yeah. Oh, they did the Arcadia Bay Collection, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Philly that's cheese I mean, royalties. Like, like I said, I'm just gonna say this: get it on Switch. If you're gonna get it, get it on the Switch. That's just mm. my opinion. So, yeah, I, I, I will, I will second that. Having not played it, but I take your opinion on that. Second that, but I don't. Should we move into the next piece of news? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, it's a bit of a different piece of news, a bit of an interesting one. Kind of flew on the radar and I just caught it. So this is from the Hometown Pages. I just found this on July 18th, 2023. And they put as a title, Online Multiplayer Third-Person Adventure Game Market 2023 Trends with Analysis on Key Players, No Code, um, Don't Nod, and Frictional Games. So mm. we'll go all the way into it, but they put in the press release from 2023 to, tw- to 2031, the study provides a complete analysis and prediction for the global online multiplayer third-person adventure game market on a Can global and regional sale. Oh yes. Do you see? Do you see how they spelled "don't nod" in the article? Yeah, it's made me angry. <laughs> 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 this makes me angry. <laughs> um, yes, I yes, uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Spell it right, man. Come on. Anyway, so we've got the uh, no, no, we're not doing that. Um, the report provides historical revenue in US dollars, millions, uh, data from 2023 to 2031, as well as an estimate for 2023 to 2031. The report provides a comprehensive overview of the market, including a study of market drivers, uh, restraints, and opportunities. It also forecasts the impact of drivers and restraint uh, restraints on the online multiplayer third-person adventure game market between 2023 and 2031. So it says here, the study provides uh, thorough information on all of the industry's leading companies, such as company overviews, market shares, uh, recent developments, business strategies, and financial performance. Each company's report will also include a comprehensive product portfolio, as well as detailed descriptions and attributes. The study also contains useful tips for both experience in new gamers globally. Now, you might be wondering why we're talking about this, because here's the part. Key players mm. in the online multiplayer third-person adventure game market no code, don't nod, frictional games, Freebird Games, Campo Studio, Fulbright, mm. Activision, Infocom, Infinite Fall, um, Adolin Software, Telltale Games, Activision again. Activision again. They're so big that they're listed twice. Yeah. I noticed that too. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. All right. And 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 Tekla. So basically what we're saying here is the study is that Don't Nod has made its way into very um big territory here with some of these people especially activision who has been named twice as well uh, yeah. as you can see how big they are 
But yeah, I thought it was quite interesting because obviously we've spoken for lengths in the last couple of episodes about Don't Not, the direction it takes and everything else. And this seems to be like part of their... Because if we were talking about the pipeline of games that are coming out, I find it quite interesting that they're in online multiplayer, which is mm-hmm. kind of a... I didn't think that... I don't think they've ever released a multiplayer game, really. No, uh, and that's what's getting me. It's like online multiplayer, third-person action game. Is this kind of like... Did they kind of um, out like a game that that they're in development of? I don't, I, I, I don't know why why it refers to it that unless it's, it's referring online multiplayer in a different sense. I don't do you know. Think it's do you think they maybe mean like Banishers is going to have like a multiplayer almost like what um, Elder Scrolls has, where you can call the people to be your ghosts, perhaps, or maybe Don't Not is working on something internally as well. Yeah, that would be like other projects and stuff we talked about in the past, which seem to allude to something completely different. So it wouldn't yes. surprise me if if that if if that is something that's factored in. So yeah, maybe what you're saying is right as well with that. Um, yeah, but the the press release doesn't the, the the story in the press release doesn't give like loads other stuff in in terms of the article I'm looking at right now. It gives you other little details in terms of um, the year groups it applies. But I find it quite interesting the way that they they put Don't Nod in here, but also the fact that as I said, we're going to now see where Don't Nod goes for the next ten years because they had that really brief period since Twin Mirror where nothing was released. Then they did the rebrand. They did the portfolio of games that are in the works. They're now publishing games from other studios. So it does seem like Don't Not is quietly creeping its way into uh, into a position where it wants to be a player in the market. And that mm. has always seems to be a, a position that uh, it doesn't surprise me that they try to get into that. But I just find it quite interesting that in the, in the group of people that's in there, with, for example, Activision, Activision is very much well known for key, key online multiplayer games as well. Diablo is massive and same with her um, Call of Duty, massive market shares that it takes. So nonetheless. Yeah. No, it's, um, I, this is a wild thing to think about. Like, like you said, um, there's a lot of potential coming from this, but it could have been just like, we, we might know something new about a game we don't know about. So it could be that, uh remember how we said that the um, the new uh don't know montreal game is going to be two players mm. 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 and it's going to be an action game <laughs> we're going to see an action game from luke and michelle it's going to be like uh instead of cutting through time you cut through people <laughs> 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 action adventure game yeah it'd be very it'd be very different in the style of it i think maybe maybe it's to refer to the act because i in itself the report you have to buy it and i ain't buying that to, to be honest as well but maybe maybe they do have something in the pipeline which is going to be multiplayer reference maybe they're projecting that don't know it could be a multiplayer um studio kind of going mm. forward where it has some influence in it who knows but either way <laughs> interesting nonetheless um do you yes. have anything else adam uh no i do not other than um congratulations activision for getting named twice indeed yeah big 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 <laughs> big score it's for activision there big score they needed this score they're they're really falling behind here in the yeah. games industry <laughs> yeah so when we went to the other piece of news and i'm trying to keep my airpods in they've fallen out again this episode that's two in a row that they've fallen out Dang. um so we will now move into our other piece of news which is still don't nod and a bit more details which is that banishes Ghosts of New Eden is coming to Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5, and Steam on November 7th. So we have an official release date. We have a reveal trailer with it. Where's my Switch release date? Yeah, it's not going to happen, that, unfortunately. (laughs) So we now have an official release date. We were speaking about this a couple episodes 
prior think that essentially this could get delayed it just seems to kind of be a little bit like mm, we had a release window but we have now official definitive release window a uh, release date of november 7th so very much yeah. in time for the uh for the festive season um adam uh i think this is going to be a big one we don't know this is the first real test since uh vampire essentially with a publisher yes and i think like um, they're probably no nope. i'm just looking up when spider-man 2 is supposed to come out october 20th so this is coming out uh how many weeks after that game two uh, weeks see. Maybe. yeah about week two weeks so october 20th is on a friday oh it's coming out so um over three weeks after spider-man 2 oh, so it's giving damn. itself a, a good amount of time yeah for for a game like spider-man 2 which is going to be like what like a 30-hour experience um people are still gonna be talking about it by the time banishers comes out but even uh starfield starfield it's it's weird how how like pumped i used to be for starfield <laughs> and now i'm like i forget and starfield comes out september 6th so it comes out two months after starfield so it's given itself a good amount of time to kind of breathe you know yeah. Because two months after Starfield, I think people are going to forget about Starfield real quick. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I don't think it's going to be the phenomenon that Skyrim was. Like, I think Starfield's just going to be, because it's Xbox, like, exclusive. Um, So I think, this is all tying back to Banishers, by the way. Don't (laughs) don't worry about yourself. Um, Because it's going to be Xbox exclusive, and it's going to be a very niche, spacey title. I think by November 7th, like it's going to be not as talked about spider-man 30 hour experience people are going to love it but over three weeks i think yeah. people, i think november 7th is probably their their best bet honestly mm. yeah no i completely agree with you. when you said phenomenon thing as well that's true as well because like last phenomenon that i can think of is Fortnite. oh last like, phenomenon i can think of is El- elden ring remember how many people were talking about elden ring yeah but are they still talking about it though yeah, like that's the thing. Elden Elden Ring came out uh when Ali Ali World and people are still talking about Ali Ali World. Don't worry, Ali Ali World is still relevant to this day. Mm-hmm. At at Adnan, it's still relevant. Please don't <laughs> please don't take this away from me. Ali Ali oh man. God. But like, yeah, the last like you said, phenomenon was probably Fortnite. Yeah. Uh because Skyrim was that kind of phenomenon. You yeah. Know? But yeah. I don't think Starfield is going to be, unfortunately for the developers who have been putting their time and energy into this game, I don't think a new IP, it's, it might have a resurgence in 2024, but like, I don't think it's going to be as big as Skyrim was. Um, no, but yeah, no, no. And, and that's why I mean. it's a good date. November 7th is a good date for this game to like get its own limelight. Because, like, how many games are coming out in November, December? You know, not much. Mm. You know? Um, like, <laughs> they have obviously the benefits, like, like, nothing big is coming out like this year in terms of, like, Grand Theft Auto. Like, obviously, as I said before, when that game gets announced, it's released, it gets announced, all the publishers are going to move their release windows. They're not going to even go anywhere near it. Um, but, like, as you said, November 7th seems quite nice for them to get this game out there because this is a big project for them in terms of the work that they're doing with Focus because Focus is publishing it. Um, and obviously Vampire was a success for them. Royalties kind of continued to come through with that game. For Don't Nod, they're going to want to see success in this game, i.e. I, like similar to Vampire, if not bigger, because the project seems good. And I think like because of how much time it is, it's an action RPG game. 
it's like i think mm. you kind of want people to spend a lot of time with it so i think like people will be vested in it um but nonetheless it does seem interesting though for like a don't know game like it seems like something i'm actually kind of like a little bit you know thinking about actually even picking up it seems like mm-hmm. and, and on top of that as well it's being released on current gen consoles as well i'm like so thankful that we're leaving behind the, the other generation of consoles now yeah it's like it's been long overdue that i thought that they that don't know where to keep developing games for both generation systems but it seems at the minute that they're just going straight onto the current gen consoles which i'm like finally about time they've been out for years yeah. now so it's like well we'll see we'll see quite like a, a spectacle i imagine from the game the game looks good from so far and even the reveal trailer looked really, really good as well also want to point out that uh there are two games coming out october 20th uh no? two big games there's spider-man 2 yeah and super mario wonder where he turns into wow. an elephant yeah i know <laughs> like so ben might have its money really put into his mouth wonder is going to take the world dude mm-hmm. like you, you can take certain mushrooms and see different things in the world i mean in a mario game come on now but yeah no i think that's probably going to be the best release date for it you know because it's Right before Christmas too, like you're you're gonna forget about it by Christmas. Like money's gonna be spent, but yeah, good dates, good dates. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Keep up to date with Banishers. I'll feel it out towards when I get there. Because obviously, it's gonna be expensive. Spider Man's coming out, etc. So let's see how how we go from there. Um, right, Adam, should we move into our next piece of news? Uh for sure. Okay, so quick piece of news that we have here, which is that uh, Gerda. Is back in the news so we have it winning so Gerda flame and winter by bird island games formerly a port player as we know them uh they have won for best narrative game in yes. which was it the g4c award uh games for change yes for games for change yeah so they won an award there um best narrative game adam have you played Gerda? i still haven't why I haven't you played have. Gerda? uh I got laid off and I've been trying to recover mentally and I haven't been playing new games. So I've been just playing breath of the wild to recover mentally. <laughs> Not good enough. Not good enough. Sir. <laughs> um, um, no, it's just like, I tell people all the time, man. It's like, if I, if I had some PTO, I would not go on vacation. I would just play games for a week, just playing video <laughs> games. Like that's, that's what I would do. That would be my staycation playing all the video games I've missed out on. Gerda would be one of them. Uh, but the restaurant industry doesn't offer PTO. Um, so there's that. Well, if they do offer PTO, it's the crappiest PTO. But, you know, yeah. God bless restaurant industries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So either way, I haven't played it yet. I am yeah. hoping to play it this year at some point. It's on my list of games that I'm going to try and get to. It just seems like I don't have time. It's so annoying. Yeah. I just don't have time, man. So where do I get time from, man? I wish I was like 10 years younger at this point. So mm-hmm. difficult p- picking games to play out and like having a remote bit of time to actually play it. But it is one of the games I want to play because I'm, I'm obviously I'm always been interested yeah. in history because always like been... they, they they keep like coming in with bangers. I believe Limited Run is coming out with a physical edition. Is it Limited Run? Um, Indeed, we 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 uh, discussed it in our last episode, which people should. I was check about out. to say I couldn't remember which company did it. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was um, Limited Run or Super Rare. Um, i think it's limited run yeah but limited run is coming out with the physical edition and now it's one best narrative and i'm so bad that i haven't played it yet and i'm just like ah um but yeah no it's it's awesome it's just 
really good to see for for a studio like Bird Island and for Don't Not to be, you know, part of the publishing team that they get this honor of winning best narrative, like best narrative game. You know, so it's it's wild to think about. So I'm definitely going to yeah. pick it up soon. Um, I will keep an eye out. I will keep an eye out for it. I promise. I, I promise. Think you should, you um, don't I think you should definitely keep an eye out for the sale because it, it, it will be a game I play this year because I like I love, oh, I love yeah. my World War Two history. Um, it's a different perspective of, of World War Two, which is like it's, it's sometimes like easy to kind of forget like how big that conflict was in terms of like all the different perspectives you can watch it from. <laughs> this is very much from a Scandinavian perspective, which is in itself really cool to see in terms of like a, in a storytelling experience. Um, but nonetheless, to win it in, in a category for, for best narrative and like an award ceremony for like games for change, it does say a lot about something like this, and it, and it kind of does strike those kind of tones I expect from a game like that. So, I'm I'm fully for Gerda at some point. I might even pick up the physical edition. I've been thinking about, it and I've even been thinking about potentially getting a Switch again because I want like a portable system that I can play games that yes. are free. Gerda, and I, I miss it now, and I'm kind of like thinking like maybe I should just invest in one and have a handheld. I've been playing more Switch than my Xbox, to be honest with you. I don't know what it is. I just yeah. like the Switch better. You know. Yeah. I, do you know what? I think it's a scary fault though because I've recently been playing my PlayStation. I don't play it anywhere near as much anymore. And I'm like maybe mm-hmm. I need to just get the handheld because I probably think I'll switch that and have more time with it. But um. Nonetheless, uh, congratulations to Bird Island Game, to Don't Nod, for another successful strike there. Um, hopefully, uh, you know what, as well, as, on top of this conversation, I hope we see more stuff like this from Don't Nod. Like, I really yes. hope that they keep continuing publishing games in this vein as well. Oh, that's right. No, I just remembered. No, we talked about I remember why I couldn't pick up the physical edition, because it's only coming out in the EU. It's not coming out in North America. Yes. So dumb. And you get the, oh, yes. you get the bookmark. You get the bookmark. Exactly. Get the we get the bookmark. We get the bookmark. You do not get the bookmark. <sighs> I remember there was a problem, and I couldn't remember what the problem was, and that's the problem. <laughs> <sighs> this, is why, this is why I should leave America and just move to Denmark. Like, I should just go and do it, you know? Duh. Anyways, God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> should we move into our final piece of news? Uh, yes, we should. Okay, so this is a bit more of a meteor one that's come out, obviously. Um, so we're going to kick things off with uh, the true achievements, which is that the Expanse Telltale series Xbox achievements have arrived from deep space in the title. Bye. So, yes, achievements <laughs> and trophies. Um, yeah. Anyway, Sean Carey put, it's been five years since a new Telltale game hit the shelves, <laughs> but next week that all changes with the Expanse Telltale series, which launches up for Xbox Series X, an S and Xbox One on July 27th, obviously PlayStation, other consoles as well. Um, so on here, they've posted the achievements. I'm not going to go into the full detail of it because I don't want to right. do spoilers for anyone. And I'm trying to go in my self a bit blind. But they put here, considering it's a Telltale narrative adventure game, the Expanse of Telltale series achievement list looks um, like some, some thought has gone into it much like the walking dead the final season achievement list it appears that this list includes some missables some of which are secret achievements that are pretty big spoilers so i won't discuss them here and the usual collectible and story related achievements so obviously we'll we'll come on to that in a minute because um it gave me very much telltale vibes of seeing some of these lists and they're not it's not necessarily just a straight up collect all the collectibles you know it's kind of like a bit more as it said the final season walking dead so what I find with this, that there's some, there's a couple secret achievements that are worth a hundred gamer score, and those are probably like, um, like a super wild playthrough. 
But then I yeah. see some that are worth 25 and that those are always the funny achievements. Like there's yeah. going to be funny achievements in this one. Uh, yeah. Like I said, with Oxenfree, you unlock an achievement where uh, you're silent all the way through. And that was a secret <laughs> achievement. Um, so I'm going to say the ones that are worth 25 are probably like funny ones. So I can't wait to yeah. find out what those are. They, 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 they did that really in great skybound games and telltale with um the mm-hmm. final season it was always like a reference to something you'd like click on it and it's like oh it's a yeah. uh, achievement or trophy unlocked so no i i got really nostalgic looking at it because it's not it's not old school telltale trophies it's like you know like the ones where really early on was basically play through the game essentially and you get a platinum trophy yeah. or something like that it's more about it's like it's refined so it's like the walking dead final season so it's like you have story related achievements which you're going to lock anyway so you just play through the story and you get um, the points or gamer score but then you also yeah. have the, the little finer detail ones and then some pr- potentially wild ones i'm not looked at the 100 gamer score ones i don't want to look at it yet because i don't want to spoil myself playing the expanse um but we're kind of in expanse territory season at this point because also as well we got a bit more news just prior to we, us recording this as well about <laughs> the expanse um which i will go to here and it was telltale tweeting i'm not going to say his name christian avasala I'm going to assume that's the name. I could have butchered that absolutely to hell. But Adam, yeah. hopefully I didn't get that wrong. Um, wow. says, uh, yeah. Christian Christian navigates threats to Earth. Political opponents seeking to take her down. Seeking to take her down and family family drama. All in a day that will change her life for, forever. Bonus episode. Uh, Archangel launches fall 2023 for the Expanse Telltale series. So basically it's confirmation that we have of the bonus content that we've previously spoken about from the expanse which is going to happen and will come in the fall as well and there's a nice little trailer from there we're going to go to stephen frost who's the game director on the expanse he's also put working with uh i'm going to try and i'm going to butcher her name now uh show her uh i hope i got that right that's probably not right but she but she plays the character on the expanse tv show um as it says in her bio but he's put um can now be checked off um can now be checked off the bucket list i can't say much about this without spoiling it but this is a day that will change the course of um <laughs> of Arsala's life um so kind of kicking we basically i said to adam this is kind of like a wrap-up of those two those pieces of news <coughs> also into the fact that the expanse is coming out um on the week that we dropped this episode yeah it's actually well here's the thing if you buy the deluxe edition you will get it the day this podcast drops because it's Ooh. a and I was just looking it up that um, you will, if you get the deluxe edition, which by the by the way, it's too late now if you're listening to this. Um, but if you get the deluxe edition, you get 24 hours early access to all five episodes as they drop. So oh. as the episodes drop, you will get 24 hours early access to all the episodes, not just episode one, oh. but all the episodes. Can you not get that um, anymore? What's that? Can you not get no, it? No, 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 you can. Like we can, because oh. we're in the past. Right. I don't. They'll probably offer it after episode one. Like if you buy episode one, you could probably still yeah. get the deluxe edition. Um, like I'm just saying, like I don't know, but like me and you can, because we live in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah. I thought you. Um, I thought you said now. Was I like, hanging on me? I've not even pre-ordered it. Yet. I will. I will be picking this up. I'm yeah, like, because so, so I'm... like, why wouldn't you get the deluxe edition? Because the base game I looked up in American dollars, it's forty. The deluxe is. 45 so for five dollars extra you're getting the game 24 hours early and you're getting a dlc yeah that's a that's a really good if it was 
like $15 more, I would have been like, ah, yeah, I'll just stick with the base game. But $5 more, pff, hell yeah, dude, I'll do we, it. We talked about it in the Oxen Free 2 video we did, no spoilers again. Uh, we spoke yes. about it very early on in, in the review segment where we said, like, the price wise, like, we were willing to pay like $15 more for it or like £10 yeah. extra because of like the quality of the game that you get. Like, I paid £15, 15 British pounds on discount for Oxen Free yes. 2. And it's better for me the terms of experience I had compared to Final Fantasy 15, which was £75. I sold after a couple of days because I was like, I'm not invested in this game. I can't get into it. And I'm like, mm. for me, the price of a Telltale game, and especially like the last wave of Telltale games we had anyway, I'm happy to spend for Telltale because I really like Telltale. And this is like yeah. five years, man, since we've seen Telltale, man. It feels crazy that Telltale is making a comeback in 2023. Um, oh, God, yeah. And with the expense, but... like, go on. No, I was just going to say, but yeah, no, this is, it's really super exciting. It all looks really good. Um, I like the deal with the bonus, uh, uh, with the um, deluxe edition, I mean. Yeah. I, it's, 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 it's perfect, I think. I, I, hope, I hope this game comes out, like, relatively bug-free. Like, we, there's always going to be some issues with new mm. games, you know? But, like, I, I, hope, I hope this is going to come out in the expectations that we have it for. Because this is a big... Uh, coming back for Telltale, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always, again, it's like it's an interesting concept that they're using the Expanse. Because have you watched the Expanse yet? No, I don't have an Amazon subscription. So, like, I have it. And again, like I said a month ago, I was going to start watching it. I haven't watched it. But for anyone wondering, my favorite hobby at the minute is when people recommend me things and I create lists. And I just don't yeah. watch it. It's my current my hobby. Like, if you look at my phone browser, there's like eight films open that I need to watch and have not watched yet. And I currently have a um, The Last of Us open in terms of TV show I was going to move on to next. <sighs> I, I just watched all of prison break but i'm kind of in a mind where i might actually just start watching the expanse tv show now and then start playing the game when it comes out in a couple of days time and see how it goes from there so i'm currently weighing up that possibility where i just start the tv show now on the saturday where we're called 27 22nd of july and start it now and see how i go into the game or i might watch it in parallel not too sure yet so it's, it's kind of a, it's definitely a real possibility where, where i go with it but in terms of buying it yeah i'm gonna buy it release now I'm, i've kind of decided oh, yeah. that. I, i'm really i'm really invested in it um it's telltale i'm fine of that i'm interested to see how deck nine handles this this is first deck nine's first outing more so in terms of recent memory outside of life is strange so it's kind of like a telling sign of like where they go with things um and obviously yeah. this is at a time when we, we spoke about as well they had layoffs as well mm. um which was not not necessarily the kind of like you know the best news for anyone really but i'm 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 i mean it's, a, it's an interesting compilation isn't it like team tag team it's like almost what i would have thought dreamed of like 10 years ago like don't nod meets telltale and they make a game or something you know like yeah. it has that same vibe with it you know hopefully we get don't nod meets big bad wolf and big bad wolf made the council for anyone wondering which you should play yeah. as well play it that's my that's my Ollie Ollie World recommendation. You have Ollie Ollie World. I have the council. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I, my mission to make everyone <laughs> play that game. But no, I I really enjoyed it. I liked the achievements. It kind of gave me that was the kind of setting point. Where I was like thinking, hey, I'm gonna buy this game at release. Cause I'm like, it's Telltale. It seems pretty simple. I've got um. I'm currently in the oxen free mood at the minute. Like oh, I'm yeah. currently in that position where I'm playing just for story purpose, and I'm like really enjoying what I'm playing. Um. And again, if you're wondering, we did an Oxen Free 2 review and spoiler cast, both are separate as well. So you can like go on the timestamps and you can watch what you want. A lot of, lot of said there. Um, but yeah, you're picking up a release. 
what time of that I, was sorry, I thought I thought you were saying the <laughs> audience like go and pick up on release. No, so no, I was no, like, no. What? The time of that, I wait for you to drink. I was like, it's like when you're at the restaurant, and you like start put a mouthful of food in. The, the way like, it comes back. How's says, everything how's, going? I I used to do like every job I had. I used to purposely come back and be like, how's it like? Like, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like, do you want anything? Good. No. Okay, cool. See, like, and no. I move away. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm definitely like I I like the deal, and I'm I'm excited for the game. Um, and and that's the thing, like it gives me the opportunity to like play it 24 hours early access. So, mm. um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. As you know what as well, I haven't seen it yet. Nothing tweeted from Erica Mori or like Instagram or anything. And she's involved that. in this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm interested because like, I'm, I'm intrigued like what she, how, how her experience was in that. Hopefully we get her back on here at some point. I'm, I'm mm. planning on trying to get her back on Strangecast at some point. It's been a long time since I caught up with her. Um, but like, I'm I'm interested to see how she found the experience because obviously, like, it was almost like a different deck deck nine team that's worked on this and different developers. So, but nonetheless, as I said, not to keep rambling, I will check that out. We'll keep you updated with the expanse, potentially a review segment. Adam, we could do uh, episode by episode and see how we go with that. Oh yeah, who knows? Um, anyway, that's the end of our news. I hope you enjoyed that. A lot of news, a lot to be said. And as I said at the beginning, we have a very special segment coming up here. So, without further ado. We'll move you into our main topic, which is with, uh, <laughs> which is with Alex himself has a lot to say. Look forward to sharing what he says as well. By the way, I, and while I was laughing at him, he didn't. You didn't mention the cocaine comment, which he left in the last video. He was like, "What he said about what? the Frank Bowers oh. doing the Frank Bowers thing." You didn't get a chance to ask him that. What cocaine? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, there, there you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, as I said. Enjoy this interview, Alex. Got a lot to say. Great, great insight into the event. And then you can also check out in the links as well um, to catch up on the events and everything else. So without further ado, here is us with Alex. So what's up, everyone? Welcome back to this segment. Obviously, as we spoke about at the beginning, as you'll probably see in the thumbnail, um, as we saw in the last episode as well, we spoke about a special guest that we're going to bring on here. Uh, we're bringing on Alex, also known as Dream Prism on Twitter, also known as Dreamwalker on YouTube, one of our listeners, uh, someone who's been heavily involved in this event six years after, um, also a big Life is Strange 2 fan, so me and him can gang up on Adam during this podcast. Um, but yes, Alex is here. Alex, how are you? I'm good, yeah. Right, glad, glad, glad you have here because, like, no, no, yeah, I have no reason to complain because he's up earlier than I am. Yeah, for yeah, it's really early, but I went to bed really early last night to make up for it, and I have nothing else to do today, so it doesn't matter if I'm tired, but I'm feeling good. No, oh, good, yeah, yeah. For context, I'm on 12 o'clock British time zone, Adam's on six o'clock in the morning, Alex is on uh, four o'clock in the morning, so it's like I've yeah. kind of got the better stick on this, but. Uh, we're glad to have you here nonetheless this was very late and impromptu um but glad to have you because obviously six years after this is an event that you were part of it was heavily inspired by life is strange 2 um saw a really great video on your youtube channel which again i'll link as well i did it in the last episode um tell us to start with uh, six years after were there five years before that as well each year that you did an event and also what is the like the significance behind this event and why why you guys started to do it Right. So for those of you who've played Life is Strange 2, which probably is most people listening to this podcast, um, three of the four endings of the game, spoilers, I guess. I mean, obviously, you know, you've <laughs> all played the game, hopefully. So spoiler warning. But right. three of the four endings uh, after the scene of the border jump forward six years. So it says like six years after the border and it shows the rest of the ending. And um, 
And the other ending's like 15 years after. Um, so people have joked like, okay, so you had this six years after meetup because of the game. Or are you going to have a 15 years after meetup? Keep in mind that 15 years is nine years after six years. I'm a mathematician, so I know these things. And yeah. nine years ago was like when Life is Strange 1 was announced, more or less. Mm. So it's a lot of time. I have no idea what's going to happen nine years from now. But yeah, the yeah. basic idea was it's similar to the game. The game ends on July 4th, 2017. So six years after that would be July 4th, 2023. Mm -hmm. So we had our meetup on like the 2nd to 4th. Uh, yeah. In the Seattle area, which isn't really appropriate for the endings, but I live around the area. So it's convenient for yeah. me. It was where the brother's journey started. I was going to yeah. say, I, I think it is kind of like a, like a good one because uh, where was uh where were the grandparents house uh located that, well, was... that was in oregon it was yeah it was kind of like eugene or not really eugene it was like east or southeast of portland but it wasn't a real city they yeah. kind of just made it up for the game mm -hmm. what... qualification there is a real beaver creek oregon I was gonna um, say. <laughs> although it's all one word instead of two words and that's mm -hmm. just a suburb of portland it looks nothing like the beaver creek in the game but fun fact, the real Beaver Creek, Oregon, is supposedly the birthplace of geocaching, which is kind of related to the treasure hunt from Captain Spirit. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, that's that's crazy. Don't know if that was intentional. Yeah. L Luke watches this podcast, I know. Maybe he can tell us if it was intentional. But Yeah, yeah. that would be kind of wild. Because <laughs> like, they do a lot of research going into the game. Um, that I, I believe um, like, like what I keep saying is that... Um, uh, with my theory about their new game, I think it's going to be set in Philly, and they've taken a couple mm -hmm. trips down to that area. I'm like, they took some trips to Oregon. Or no, they didn't. I don't think they took any trips to Oregon when they were developing I the game. I don't know if they went. I know they like went to Washington. They they definitely went through California. Yeah. I don't know for sure if they went to Oregon. They might have. I don't know. Yeah, because I remember reading up on that fact that they just like looked up pictures. And again... Luke watches his podcast. He could be like, um, Adam, you, we actually went there. What are you talking about? If you about? scroll back really far on someone's Instagram, I don't remember if it was like Michelle or Luke or, mm -hmm. or whoever, you can actually see some photos they were taking during their trip yeah. way back when. That's true. I do remember that now. Yeah. Um, so they also went to like New Zealand at one point, or like at least Michelle went there. And so I was kind of joking that like a game could be set there. <laughs> but I, I totally buy you on the Philly thing. Yeah. Um, for the new, uh, not Life is Strange game, but new Don't Nod game. Yeah. We have no um, idea what the title is at all. It's just like. No, we still haven't gotten thing. anything since that screenshot or art or whatever from the game, right? Yeah. And I would no. believe it was you who uh, really yeah. dissected it, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, kind of like a, a sixth grader trying to dissect things <laughs> that doesn't know what they're doing because I, I made so many bad guesses. But one good guess, I don't know if this counts as spoilers because I'm looking at something in an image, but right. uh, yes, I'm pretty sure one of the tapes, if you zoom in on the text, says small band stage, which seems to imply yes. that the character has some sort of music background. Mm. Which wouldn't be and... surprising as well, considering like Luke's influence and, and also Michelle's influence in music as well. Like I think that seems kind of on point i do think that maybe the philadelphia thing is maybe something that could be there because luke did kind of suggest to me and adam like it'd be interesting to go back and see what you got and what you didn't um i kind of yeah. i'm against that because i just think adam's leaning towards his penn state kind of like you know all <laughs> that kind of like affiliation um but 
as I said, six years after, um, thanks for the um, name check as well, because obviously my, my, my first part was just a bit of a joke. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's, it's a nice event that you've had this as well. And like, I watched the video. It seems very wholesome. It's like you don't get this with like a lot of communities. And this is like a rare one, especially with Life is Strange 2, bringing so many people together. Um, do, you, do you when you host these events as well? Is it usually the same people? Do you kind of get people who come and flow in and flow out? I saw the videos where people recorded messages themselves. But um, is it has there kind of been like a more... A, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like you, the same usual people who come up, or have you had like people come in, come in and go as well? Yeah, so I, I probably um, didn't say this clearly enough when you asked the first time, but this is the only event. There was no five years after. There was no four years after. It's uh, six years after because of the thing in the game. Right. Also, there was like COVID was a bigger deal longer ago. Mm -hmm. um, like we went, for example, to a fireworks show on July Fourth in Bellevue, which had probably thirty thousand people at it. And mm -hmm. there's like absolutely no way I would have gotten people to go to something like that mm -hmm. back when like COVID was a, a, a bigger thing. I mean, it's still a thing, but like, yeah, it's obviously but, like, not the same now as it was like a year or two years ago. Yeah. But um, the people who did come up, there were six of us counting myself, if I'm allowed to count myself. Um, and oh, yeah. uh, I was kind of surprised it was all white people. It's like, okay, well, this is a game about like race and stuff to some yeah. extent. And we have six white people here, but I wonder if like, for one, I hosted in the Pacific Northwest, which is kind of, you know, white biased in terms of people mm -hmm. easily being able to travel up here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then for another, like, obviously like people of color tend to have like lower incomes. So like, I'm trying to think through like, okay, maybe in some sense, it is more likely that more white people would show up, but it would have been nice, you know, to have like a bigger, mix i guess but yeah yeah because i was gonna say i believe i haven't spent too much time in the pacific northwest but and, and again i'm coming from philadelphia like where it's uh one of the most diverse cities in america um but i i, I didn't really spend too much time like i said in the pacific northwest but it's not really as diverse mm -hmm. as philadelphia you know it's... yeah i mean if you just want to count like Asian people from various countries. Yeah, we have a lot of diversity in that sense. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like, other ethnicities, it's not that high. I mean, you can Google the actual statistics. I'm just going on my recollection. But yeah, no, because that, that's the thing about that that area It's just um, it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's very uh, Asian focused. And again, nothing gr uh, bad about that. I think mm -hmm. it's um. I think it's great that we live in a country that we have this much cultural diversity, cultural like mixings that we can actually like share experiences. Um, but again, where I grew up in Philadelphia, it was uh, I grew up in the Russian Chinese district. So like, and I'm mm -hmm. a Hungarian Jewish man. So it's just like very much just all over the place over there. Whereas like yeah. Pacific Northwest is not as crazily diverse, you know? And we had several people who wanted to come, um, but just couldn't afford it or couldn't take the time off work or something. Like we had someone in like Argentina, for example, who would have really? loved to come. Oh, uh, and yeah. he was in the uh, the video like that I made um, for like the message at the end of the event, because some people submitted things online. Um, so he was going to come, but obviously like Argentina, the income isn't as high. And they even have some weird thing where if you like try to buy too much stuff in US dollars in Argentina, like you have to pay some extra tax on it. Really? Something political going on there, I guess. But yeah, that's wild. I no, also I think um, 
I also think inflation affects it as well because Argentina is like mm-hmm. seeing high inflation, uh, really extortionate rights. So they might have like yeah. put the uh, the tax in place to kind of bring it down. But the Argentina thing does make sense because obviously I know that Gonzalo Martin is from Latin America, so it's like I imagine that the game resonated with a lot of people, and it's kind of cool that you had someone who actually was interested to come from Latin America into North America to kind of spend this time. But as you said, it's it's down to like costs, it's down to commuting, it's down to timing, and it's like we, me and Adam, try and get people on this podcast all the time. It's like timing wise, mm-hmm. it's just so difficult doing it across three different time zones, let mm-hmm. alone like just even one. Um, but uh, like, apologies as well before, because I thought this event was like held yearly as well. It just felt like it was like almost like a yearly event. But because this is six years after the, the way that you've done this event, are you going to do any more? Or are you, do you have anything planned for any future events? Or is this just going to be the one-off then? Well, that that's what I was saying like earlier. Like people were saying, well, because the redemption ending says 15 years after, although it seems more like 16 by the time the Boris team gets around. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, maybe we should do something then. But that's just so ridiculously far in the future. Like there's no <laughs> point in planning yeah. anything right now. Um, I did actually, you could say that this was my second attempt at a meetup mm. because originally... I was going to visit London, which has nothing to do with Life is Strange 2, but (laughs) I was going to visit London uh, and I had a trip scheduled that was going to meet up with some people who happened to be interested in the game. It was honestly, to some extent, it was about me splitting hotel costs and stuff because staying in London was like super expensive, but um, it happened to be around like Easter 2020 that I was going to plan it. And then we had like oh. Daniel's birthday was in there too, like 13th birthday or something. So we were going to do some sort of like cake or something for that. But obviously anything scheduled for April of 2020 was not yeah. going to happen. Um, oh. So that plan fell through. And like I tried contacting some of the same people uh, who mm. went to that to see if they would be interested in attending this six years after when I yeah. finally like scheduled this new meetup. Um, but I don't think any of the people who are going to be in that ended up being in in the other thing. Uh, Some people just sort of like went in and out of the community in that time. I've kind of just been sitting around the Life is Strange community the whole time. But like Mm. some people (laughs) have kind of faded a little more in and Mm -hmm. out. And other people, again, like maybe they were in Europe. So a London trip was feasible for them. But they're not going to come all the way to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? What do you see the future in to um, meetups or even just conventions in, in general? Uh, we we've been seeing such a um, like a dying down of conventions, including uh, I I don't know if you know about this convention called E three that mm-hmm. hasn't really been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think the future is? Do you think we're going to see a rise again soon, or is it just hmm. kind of dead in the water because of COVID? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of pessimistic about like the whole like economy and everything because yeah. if you think about like global warming and all the news that's been happening recently with that, like that affects like food availability and and prices and like everything else gets more expensive because out in other countries they're like completely starving and stuff and here in mm-hmm. America we're like okay, well, now we have to pay a little bit more so that we can buy this stuff instead of the people who are starving being able to get it like yeah i don't know it seems really messed up and so Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking like the world is not really headed for a great spot in general so i do think that travel probably would continue to decline a little bit yeah i don't know if that's too sad for the podcast but (laughs) i know like it's 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 the truth though like it's i mean the fact that like we can't even get sriracha right now because like uh the pepper shortage is so bad that sriracha has like slowed Mm -hmm. down a production something a, a sauce can't like uh, keep up with 
Um, cause yeah, I work in the restaurant industry and talking about like food availability, uh, the food costs have risen so high, but if you raise up prices on the menu to match your food prices, like people get it on a, in a fit. Um, I'm just like, okay, well you're here dining, you know, you're, you're here for an experience when there's actual, like you said, there's people out there who are struggling to pay for groceries. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's just, it's a little bit wild to think about that, but, um, We've lost compassion, I feel like, in this time. But, um, but yeah, game regarding back to my... conventions, um, since yeah, you brought that up, say. I did attend PAX West in 2019. Mm -hmm. This was like right after episode four released, and they had like a panel there with Michelle, uh, Phil, everyone knows Phil, the voice mm -hmm. actor director, mm -hmm. and um, Gonzalo, who played Sean, and Roman, who played Daniel. Mm -hmm. And also, Day was, like, there, but she wasn't on the panel. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Day is just and Day, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kate Day, like, is yeah. Or doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No. From Life is Strange 1. That's yeah. why she wasn't on the panel, because it's Life is Strange 2 panel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I attended that panel, and then they had, like, an after party that it wasn't really even a Life is Strange 2 after party. It was some game journalist that had an after party. Hmm. And Life is Strange 2 people were at that. And they had, like, some sort of... A, like, they gave away, like, a few little things. I didn't win the giveaway, but... Um, but I went to that at, like, a bar. And yeah. uh, I talked with Michelle and, and Gonzalo there one-on-one -on -one a little bit. And it was funny because at 9 p.m., the bar, like, was supposed to close to, like, minors. Mm. But Roman, obviously, was and I <laughs> still is, I guess, a minor. Um yeah. Well, he's at least under 21. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. He yeah. could be 18 right now. I don't know. You could, you but, could drink um, in the UK, but not, yeah. in, not in America. <laughs> but but I, I joke to Roman uh, at like, I don't know, 8.59 or something. Like, okay, Roman, you have one more minute to get out of here. And he's like, well, I'm exempt. And uh, Gonzalo was standing right there. And he's like, didn't you play episode three? He said, he's not a kid anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah, they had, a, they had a really great relationship, and so, it's cool that you had that opportunity to yeah. meet that with That was uh, fun, and I hope to see more PAX events in the future um, mm. with Don't Not attending maybe when they do their little Don't Not Montreal game. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, I, I know PAX East um, happened in, in a good success. Again, I live in the Midwest now, so I'm like, there's there's nothing that happens out here. There's nothing. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, from what I've heard about PAX East from my friends, it sounds like it was pretty successful. Not the same feeling, but it, it's getting back there. Mm -hmm. um, or even like small ones. Like you should go to Long Island Retro Convention and that's coming back mm -hmm. into full fruition. So I'm like, okay, it's slowly coming back. Doesn't mean that like, oh, we're on a rise. It just means we're on a slow track. Hopefully it sustains that momentum, but who knows, you know, I, I think what happened in 2020, like things can come to a halt real quick and it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about that, you know, you know, but just enjoy the good times while we have it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and by the way, with your things, Adam, as well, I think they're going to be pockets. So you'll have like TwitchCon, you'll have like PAX, you'll oh, have yeah. Comic-Con. I think those events will stay central, but stuff like E3 will just be non-existent going forward. I and mean, you're going to keep the core ones. Um, but no, Alex, it's cool that you had a chance to meet Michelle. Like, you know, I've always said to people when they listen to this podcast, I, I've never spoken to Luke my entire life, like one-on-one -on -one directly, but I've known him for like nine plus years. I've followed him on Twitter, wow. have like interacted with him. 
And like, there's mm. one opportunity where I had a chance to speak to Luke and I missed it because I couldn't go to PAX. Is either PAX West or East? And they sent like an, um, a media itinerary over and it said uh, Square Enix, uh, Luke Bagados, and um, I think it was, it was either Michelle or um, Raul Barbe. And it was like an interview with them, but I just didn't get a chance to fly out that time. So it's like the only time I could have actually like had the chance never happened and obviously since then they moved on from life is strange and working the montreal game we'll come on to that in a little bit because we'll talk something to you, about you just it. said uh, re- reminded me you said square enix and people were like one person was really annoyed <laughs> when i said square enix in my yeah. video he's like i cannot stand the american pronunciation of square enix yeah so, <laughs> maybe i should be saying square enix i don't know i i, I flip-flop I, since i get on this podcast i'm just like yeah it's square enix and then like and then it's like um might it's swear annex <laughs> bloody hell i'm like oh my god like what do i say so i just stopped saying the company name altogether <laughs> yeah i i try to avoid saying any names here because otherwise it's like when we just say jusant wrong and it's like it's, it's actually jusan it's like it's yeah, not just jusant. it's, it's jusant it's like yeah, yeah. I hate, the pronunciation is like my, my biggest nightmare but i jusant. think i yeah. <laughs> i just usually swap between square enix and square enix but on to the point we're back onto obviously this meetup we're going to talk about it. what was the day like what did you guys do oh it's three days um so some people arrived early on like the first and we ate some overpriced burgers at like shake shack but then yes. on the uh second it was good it's just overpriced um, it is yeah but then on the second we had the first actual day of the meetup and i rented out uh, a space that like was normally like uh, some sort of I don't know, ironing, clothing, detailing shop or something. Um, but I rented out a space in Seattle, uh, Capitol Hill District. And um, so we all met up at that room, the six of us who attended physically. And um, we, you know, worked on the capes. Oh, I should show you Here the we go. cape that I made, like in the design of the Captain Spirit capes. Yeah. I made a cape that says Captain Countdown. Yes. And that's because I would, every single day, uh, count down in our Discord server for the group the number of days left until the event. And also because yeah. I couldn't think of anything better in the moment. <laughs> I mean, that's how but life other goes, other people man. made other cool capes. You can see most of them on the, like, photos and, like, the Google Drive link that should be on a comment on the video that should be linked in this description somewhere. Or maybe in a pinned comment <laughs> yeah. here. You can find it somewhere and you can see the photos. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, we, we stayed in that space. Some three of the people there, not me, went to go get tattoos um, at a nearby Ooh. tattoo shop around lunch. Mm-hmm. We played like Ship Captain Crew. Somebody made a physical like Ship Captain Crew game that looked really good. And I made like a small pocket version, which I probably should have brought here. But again, it's in a photo somewhere. Yeah. And uh we played an online version too because there were some people who were like attending virtually in some sense they did like a a souvenir hunt where they try to take photos of the the collectibles from the game but like real life versions of them and so like the closest match uh some other person who was helping to administer it decides like who was the closest match and if i sound like i'm everywhere it's because there were a lot of things we did that first day and i didn't even mention at the end of the day we kind of just said okay even though we have the room for three more hours let's go like show these people seattle center with like the space needle and stuff Mm. while they're all still here and so we went to like the chihuly glass museum and the space needle next to it and we did all kinds of stuff and then the second day july 3rd we did uh that was their big hiking day 
we finished like ironing the capes in the very early morning and then we went down to Rainier and there was a ridiculously long um, line going there because everybody on the 4th of July, well, I guess it was a Monday, but 4th of July weekend, whatever, uh, everyone wanted to go to Rainier to hike. And yeah. so we were waiting in the car for quite a long time, but eventually we got there. We did our five mile hike. Some people like sketched the mountain nice. um, while we were up there. We weren't on Rainier actually, we were on like a nearby trail mm -hmm. and you got a good view of Rainier. And then we got back from that. And then the fourth week's kind of like a less intense day because everyone had like gotten very little sleep the first two days. So we didn't start doing stuff together until like afternoon, but we've been to the aquarium some of us anyway, and then we tried going to like this gay dino bar, but it was mm. closed. Um, and then we, uh, let's see, what what else am I missing? Oh, the fireworks show, I already mentioned Did that. you say a gay dino bar? Yeah, I just, does that weird yeah. thing? <laughs> no, it's just like, I don't know, is that like dinosaurs? Like, um, So there was a gay bar, and I'm I'm not even gay, like, uh, th that's another thing, like, I'm like straight, yeah. and yet like, most of the Life is Strange community is, well, like, LGBT in some way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, the group wanted to go, or like, one person like, really wanted to go, because they saw like, this bar they walked by that had all these like dinosaurs, like, singing karaoke on like, the imagery and stuff, <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, we should totally go there. But I was about to say, closed, it's like, so. oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's like, was it like a, because I'm, I'm crazy about that. Like my, my wife will like take me through, through Target and she's like, oh, look, it's, it's dinosaur gift wrap. I'm like, you're going to wrap my presents in dinosaur gift wrap, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. just like, yeah, let's go for it. So I was like, oh, gay dinosaur bar. I'm like, let's go, dude. Like uh, it's in Seattle, the Capitol Hill area somewhere. I don't, I don't remember the name of the place. Um, yeah, but dang. it's there. You, um, like, and I was going to even ask, like, since you're in Seattle, did you go to any coffee shops while you're in Seattle? Hmm. I mean, I'm not a big coffee drinker myself. Yeah. Um, I don't think I had went to any coffee shops. Uh, maybe somebody else did when they weren't with me. Like, maybe. No, actually, yeah. Technically, we did go to a coffee shop. Nice. Um, we were picking up a couple people in Auburn. Um, mm -hmm. because based on where everyone's hotels were, sorry, people don't know the Seattle geography. So yeah. I'm over in the east side, which is like east of Seattle itself. Uh, but one one person's hotel was down south of Seattle in a city called Auburn, which mm. is between Seattle and Mount Rainier. So the day we went to Mount Rainier, we picked up a couple people in Auburn and they were actually eating at a coffee shop when nice. we picked them up. So technically we technically. did go to a coffee shop. Because I was going to say, Seattle is like one of the coffee capitals of America, you know. So, like, it's I, I know a lot of weird coffee shops out there that drink mm -hmm. white coffee. Uh, and it's not what you think, Adnan. It's not like with cream. Like, they so the way the, the roasting process happens, um, you get your light roast, which you don't put it in too long, and your dark roast, you put it in much longer. White coffee is pretty much you put it in a roaster for like a second. And there you go. There's your coffee. It's like super weird. I am not the weird. person to talk to you about coffee. I, I <laughs> yeah. don't really drink coffee. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's like me being in the Midwest. Like, I don't like, you know, ranch dressing or something like that. It's mm -hmm. like out, out here, they literally, every restaurant, like, you want ranch for that? Do you want ranch? Would you like a side of ranch? I'm like, I, you guys love ranch, don't you? I knew a kid in like elementary school, like back when I, I was living in California when I was like in fourth grade. Yeah. And there was this kid who would put like 
ketchup and ranch and like every condiment he could see on Twix yeah. bars at lunch. Huh. And huh. Well, kind of odd. Sounds um, very but... Midwest, but yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> a condiment like ranch on Twix. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. You know what I mean? Alex, in that conversation, then you just mentioned as well tattoos. Was it Life is Strange inspired tattoos? Did you actually get the tattoos? Uh, I didn't get a tattoo. Uh, three people did, and then like two people who were attending virtually also got tattoos where they were. Um, I don't remember all the tattoos. I think one person, well, definitely one person got like the wolves on the running wolves on their wrist. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I think I do remember them all. Yeah, because then one person got like basically Cassidy's wolf tattoo for Sean. Uh, on like their arm somewhere or whatever and another person got like lone wolf daniel's like weird hourglass uh skull mm. grim reaper thing on uh their arm somewhere probably yeah. where daniel had it Dang. oh nice 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 um so with this as well like um... i can shout out the tattoo spot it was side Ooh. quest tattoo in seattle Is not it like sponsored a... i mean i'm not even with them but like <laughs> Is it like Not a video game themed, either, you know, <laughs> like video game themed tattoo shop? Sorry, what? Is it like a like a video game themed tattoo shop? No, it just it's just a tattoo shop that you know oh, okay. humored us and and you know. Gosh, uh, I was gonna say with, <laughs> the, with the name like wanted. like side quests. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. But no, it's just a tattoo shop called Side Quests. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was like, Ooh, oh no, like no actually. I I never even thought about that. I, I, I get what you're saying. I was just like saying the name like yeah. a, a slur of syllables almost. You know, I wasn't even <laughs> processing the name. You yeah. might have a point. I, I have no idea. But I did not notice like a heavy video game theme. But I oh, only okay. walked into the tattoo shop for like a second because mm -hmm. I wasn't getting a tattoo. Yeah. It was just like a, but, a side quest know. you were doing in your day, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, that's really cool that you got to do that. But because like one thing I want to speak to you more about as well is obviously Life is Strange 2 is something that you resonate with more. Obviously, the event's heavily inspired with that. And it's that particular game. It's very divisive, obviously, as as our key guest here, our key host as well is sitting back because he knows how he feels about Life is Strange 2. Um, I really love it. Um, I think it's a great game. But why, why did you lean more towards Life is Strange 2 here? Like this is this is like kind of the Life is Strange game you're more, um, you know, interested in. Yeah, so... Life is Strange 1, I, I there was like a Square Enix newsletter before it came out that had mentioned like, hey, there's this neat time travel game that's going to be releasing sometime. And I'm like, that sounds cool. And I watched a Let's Play of it. I didn't actually play it myself until after Life is Strange 2 Episode 1, but I'd watched a couple Let's Plays and I really loved the game. And I procrastinate so much on playing games that the very fact that I even played Life is Strange 2 when it came out is a testament to my liking Life is Strange 1. So I just wanted to get that out of the way first. I love Life <laughs> is Strange 1. Yeah. But Life is Strange 2 did resonate more with me. Um, when I was nine years old, I, I left uh, California and like we drove out to Louisiana where uh, some of my extended family left, uh, lived. And, um, you know, the way that uh, the boys were raised like without religion even though they had a parent that came from a religious background mm. like that is sort of something i can relate with too um and i don't know i just i think just being there while the game was releasing and playing it as the episodes came out making mm. theories and stuff just got me more involved in the community so it's sort of a momentum thing where because i was involved in the community 
I continue to feel more involved. Yeah. It's definitely art is very much like a time and place kind of thing. If you're in the right time and place, it really resonates with you. Uh, which is why I don't think it resonated with me at first because like in that time I was not going through the best time in the world. You know, I was like in a, in a rough work situation, um, trying to leave, but it, I couldn't at the time. So it was just like, I couldn't really focus on the game, but when I replayed it recently, I'm in a better place in life. I'm like, Oh, okay. I can appreciate it. But for somebody who like was there within the community, um, not necessarily the best time, but just like one of those times, like good time, good place. So you really connected with it that way. This and I played like true colors too. I mean, I liked that as well. It was way too short, but uh, yeah, the good oh, game yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. The, the deck nine games are very interesting in contrast to the don't nod ones. They're very, and you can tell, I, I think you can personally play them and know which developers made, which just because of their sense of style and their direction, and their storytelling. Um, and Adam there is just backpedaling as well because I made him issue a public apology on Strangecast in the past about uh, hating on Life yeah. is Strange 2 after he became hey, a believer. Adnan, how many times have you played Life is Strange 2? The once, and it was magnificent. Once. Just it once. Was, it was Ooh. magnificent. I don't need to play it again after that. I, so, I, go on. <laughs> there are a lot of people in the community that have played it a ton of times. In mm. terms of actually playing it, I have only played through, I mean, two times in a sense. Yeah. It's a really weird sense because I did a lot of saving, loading, like branching off a file here or there. But if yeah. you make this weird graph of all the times I've played myself, there would only be like two separate pieces to the graph. I see like, what you're saying. I go yeah. all through this different ways, go through that different ways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and um, what else did I want to say? I don't, I don't know. How many how many hours <laughs> do you think you've clocked into Life Strange Two? Then, like, not even just playthroughs, okay. but yeah. Yeah. So most of my hours were back during between episode two and episode three, mm -hmm. um, because I replayed the ending of episode two over thirty times. Uh, yeah. Just the ending of episode two, because yeah. I was trying to work out the morality system. And like what would influence the different endings? Because there was this video like right after Life is Strange 2 dropped um, that said like uh, Life is Strange 2 episode 2 endings and how to get them or something. Mm. And it was like wrong. And I'm like, why do they have this video saying wrong information <laughs> on how to get the endings? And yes. so I went through and I was like trying to figure out the power encouragement formula for whether or not Chris's powers were encouraged. I was trying to figure out whether or not Daniel would save Chris if, if like powers weren't encouraged enough. And I came pretty close to, like, accurate information. I think there have been a mm. couple cases where I was a little bit off, but I put a lot of research into it. And a lot of people, they would just, like, go into the game's code or something and, and figure it out that way. And I think yeah. eventually people did somehow, but I was not that type of person, so I didn't go into the game's code at all. The only cheat I used is they had, I don't know if they still have this, but they had a journal glitch. Uh, mm. starting in episode two, where you could see at the moment if you have high or low morality. Because oh, if wow. you have high morality, there's like uh, on the drawing on the page about the dice game, uh, okay. it shows like Daniel looking sad and it says like pouty boy if he has high morality. But it shows oh. like a little angel, a, a halo above his head and uh, says like cheating question mark. 
if he has low morality. And oh, I wow. assume it was supposed to just be never updated throughout the rest of the game, and it was just supposed to be there mm -hmm. at the beginning. But mm -hmm. instead, they made a bug, and any time in the game, you can check your journal and see whether you currently have high or low morality. Oh, that's cool. So uh, that's I never noticed feature. that. Dang. And later, therefore, we learned that if something is based on brotherhood rather than morality, mm -hmm. um, you can just check, can you get that same dialogue with both high and low morality? And mm. if so, then it's a dialogue based on brotherhood. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've never noticed that because I've played, I've only played through it, um, oh, at this point, three times now, uh, Life Strange 2. But like, yeah, I'm not really, um, I'm not really one to like go through um, like lore in that way. Like even in Fallout, I love Fallout 3. I don't really read the journals or in Skyrim. I don't really read the journals. I read in real life, but when it comes to video games, don't know what it is. It's like if you give <laughs> me like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I used like... to watch a ton of pieces of Twitch streams as well of Life is mm. Strange Two and the occasional like YouTube stream. Um, and so if you count those, like I have, I logged a ridiculous number of hours, especially yeah. like from like when it first came out to like half a year after episode uh, episode five dropped um i watched way too many hours of it on twitch and yeah. uh like oh, i'd start okay. recognizing other people in the twitch chats that i'd seen in other streams <laughs> like it's crazy i was gonna say that's me with um life is strange one i'm actually trying to find how many hours i've clocked hmm. with just life I've is strange too many one. hours inside game Oh god, the, yeah. The the funny part with Life is Strange too is as well, like I've um, never seen the Captain Spirit effects aside from on YouTube videos, because obviously Adam says as well, I played it once, Life is Strange 2, and I reviewed it on the PlayStation. So I got review codes from Square Enix. And then when I was reviewing it, my Captain Spirit save was on the Xbox One. So when I got to episode two, I was like, hang on a minute, why is nothing being shown here? I was like, ah, I was like, ah, actually, there's my save. It's currently on the the Xbox, which I sold because uh, it's a very inferior console, as Adam knows. But <laughs> I'm it is though it. like phil spencer's right when he said like oh we are third place i'm like i don't think there's any xbox person that should be like what are you talking about the i'm like come on man like we're we're on the trash console like let's all be accepting of that you know <laughs> so um oh. alex oh wait is he here sorry he i found my Alice? hours i've oh man xbox actually does not have my times played shock and surprise Why? Mm -hmm. But it does say <laughs> that I've made 787 choices. So I'm like, Oof. there there you go. Did you have an overflow error on the time that you spent? Or... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it just doesn't have it. Like, it, I, I I, don't know. I probably clocked in, like, a good amount. Not as much as William Hella, though. William Hella has clocked in, like, phew, yeah, I don't I... know, 200 hours on Life is Strange 1. Yeah, but... I heard he's going to be releasing some new videos soon. I... Yeah, he just released yeah. his... Um, his uh thoughts on Jusant, like he did that yeah, so yeah. he can't he's coming back so like i don't know if it's official he's coming back but good things while we're mentioning Jusant, i want to take a moment to appeal to don't nod please bring the Jusant demo back i yeah. was going to play it but i procrastinated and apparently july 12th <laughs> it went off the steam page so please bring it back Honestly. i'm gonna um, i'm gonna try and crop this clip i'm gonna tag oscar gilbert like you did as well and i'm gonna tweet it from the play one versus world twitter <laughs> account just to see yeah. if you actually if they see it again but yeah mm -hmm. bring back the juicant demo please it'd be great for people as well i mean i, I hope they get a really big success because there's obviously that new wave of don't nod games that come out everyone's excited about um mm -hmm. so alex 
Let's move on to, um, obviously, because me and you have privately spoken, you've worn my DMs about Don't Know Montreal's game. We've briefly spoke about it before because you gave me your theories and stuff. Like, that's the big topic of conversation for a lot of people. Like We're kind of quietly sitting here waiting for what Michel, Luke and the Don't Know Montreal team are doing. Like, What do you think your theories are so far on this game, Like, on this podcast? Because like, mm. we've done our podcast episode, me and Adam, where we talk mm-hmm. about it deeply, but I've always wanted to hear what other people think. And like Luke's tweet at me lives rent-free in my head where he's like, you should go back and listen at some point when we reveal the game and see what you got right and what you didn't get right, or along those lines and i'm like hmm it's a lot interesting so what do you think about it because you're one of those kind of people if you get like invested in this game like you did life is strange too it's going to be like a new kind of like experience for you so where where do you stand up what you've seen so far yeah i mean it i'm definitely excited i mean anything they put out i'll, I'll play you know <laughs> yeah i'm definitely a sucker for their games but uh but i uh i'm excited i i believe that it's set in philly as you know adam predicted and and I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was when we were recording or not, but I, I mentioned I zoomed in on like the text on various tapes. And the best thing I can see is one of the tapes says small band stage. And mm-hmm. so that implies some sort of music background to the characters. But I mean, there's just so little released on it. I can't really give many thoughts about yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, be... it's, it's... Go on, sorry. Uh, Obviously like... like 90s, late 90s setting, maybe mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, there, there's something about the furniture that makes me say, like, that's some, um, like, late 90s, like, furniture. Like, the the the, the weird wood paneling that, that we always had in the, the 90s, like, it, it just screened in with the with the SNES involved, but with two characters. I think there was a Now and Later, like, a little Guys, piece of Now mm-hmm. and Later. So it's yeah, there was like, uh, bu- Bubble Pop, I think it said, or something like that. Do you that. guys not like, feel oh, old that's... seeing it? Every time I see that photo, I feel so old. They're using a VHS like as, a, as an artifact. It's like, for me, that was my childhood. I feel so oh, old yeah. watching everything they're showing there. I, I already feel old, man. Like, I'm thinking about the economy now. Like, how am I, <laughs> how am I going to be, like, young and thinking about economy, you know? Yeah, you mentioned the VHS tape, and I, I know, like, you brought this up on your podcast ages ago, but the idea that this might have something to do with, like, watching various VHS tapes that you get, and maybe somehow, like, sort of like in uh, Remember Me, maybe you can, like, mm. edit something somehow through mm. the tape. That would yeah. be kind of interesting. The, yeah. Where I'm at as well, because I don't know why I watched it. Like, it was like last year I watched it, it was It Part 2. For some reason, that the premise of that story—if you, if you have you watched it, it part two—I haven't watched either so, of it. Oh. So I, I would, I would recommend it. But like, it part two is like it's almost like the, the, the all the characters from the first film come back at like adult stage, so they all mm. come back to kind of like face their fear, face their consequences. But it's like this kind of like almost like this gathering back together and i have this kind of feeling with the don't know montreal game where it's like that it's going to have like two people or maybe three or four people reconnecting and then stories are told for the vh test tapes you will see like you know all this kind of like nostalgic stuff so i think it's like almost going to like blend through different like timelines mainly we'll probably be set in like the 90s i think it's going to be my kind of guess with it adam's more better with in terms of like aesthetics of like u.s housing and stuff but for me it's like it just screams 1990s so that's kind of like oh, yeah. what i've taken away from it it's like and i feel like obviously like luke and michelle's age like you know and our ages it's like it's kind of like in that that time zone they're gonna fit a uh, time frame sorry that they're gonna fit the game so i I'm personally there with it where I'm like watching and I'm like, I'm kind of like, oh, actually, this is going to be in in that um, space. So that's what I, I, had, what I personally think. I had all kinds of theories um, when Life is Strange 2 was coming out and some of them mm. were like very accurate and some of them were just completely crazy. Um, like an example of an accurate theory, like I predicted like after episode three came out, 
that uh, Jacob took Daniel, uh, you know, following the conclusion of that episode. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, I'm sure different people independently came up with it to some extent too, because it's not like I'm like some genius that can be the only one to come up with things. But like, I started seeing all the videos from like Dom the Bomb and, you know, he was great um, in that he did bring a lot of attention to the game, but mm. he'd always be like late with his theories and, and he'd be like, you know, oh, I have this great theory and like everyone called me crazy. It's like, no, this was a popular theory before you ever made a video on it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> it's just like the, the the way content works. You, know, you got to be like exaggerating yourself. It's just, it is you, what you it have... is. You have to say at the time frame, because I, I think like Life is Strange and like the Don't Nod games have really benefited, like you said, Alex, off of influences and people seeing because like even with Life is Strange, I kind of got into it a little bit earlier than most people would say. I think I started getting, I think it was Gamescom 2014, I started seeing the first images of Life is Strange and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, actually, I'm kind of interested in this. Started watching some of the developer diaries and then I started covering it, did reviews, etc. And it's not until I think like it was like March or May or around that period, it just exploded in its popularity. And then I started seeing like Jap Skeptic High, um, PewDiePie, all these mm -hmm. people streaming it. And I think that gave it the profile boost because otherwise it just seemed like Square Enix were kind of like, we're going to put this game out and we don't really have that much expectation for it. So I think with Life is Strange 2 as well, I think a lot of people helped carry that game for what it was because from what I can tell, some people just seem to check out at early stages in the episodes because like, mm -hmm. it's funny you say like theories and stuff because Adam has always like kind of, said this to me and like alluded to it his his expectation was that he wanted to be chris in life is strange too because like when he played captain spirit he associated himself heavily with chris and then mm. it's like when you get the reveal at the end of the demo it's actually like hang on a minute you're not chris it's like this is what the way the story is going to go adam was a bit like mm, and i think that might have influenced his not his words but like influenced his experience going to life is strange too because it's like hang on a minute i'm not the character i wanted to be here or the kind of like the expectation has been subverted well, always... a little bit it's also what we talked about with Oxenfree too. That like it's always expectation that ruins Regarding, games. Regarding, I haven't watched your Oxenfree two two video no because I haven't played it yet. So no like, no. don't talk about it. Yeah, I was about to no say spoilers. yeah, but like the general <laughs> thought of like expectations mm. for games just ruin it. You know, like if yeah. you have high expectations, like for Life is Strange mm -hmm. two, I expected to be Chris because I related to his story a lot. So when I wasn't him and I was in. Like, not to say I couldn't relate to mm -hmm. Sean and Daniel, but I'm like, I relate well, more to Chris. I feel like Chris was done wrong to some extent because yeah. he had this story of like, oh, what happened to Emily? And we thought we were going to get that resolved, yeah, but not really. So it's still theories. Like, I had a theory, and I actually shared this to tie this back to the meetup. I shared this theory multiple times, but we were talking about it at, at the meetup. Uh, did Nick, um, mm. and I'm not talking about Nicholas, I'm talking about the Nick who like, uh talked to like them at the christmas market the guy in like the, the cyan sweater um oh, yeah, did yeah. nick kill emily and that's why he's not talking to charles anymore Ooh. well because it's conservation of detail nick is like the only character in yep. captain spirit that's like mentioned he's like a photo of him somewhere and it's like i wonder why he doesn't talk to nick anymore or dot anymore or whatever yeah and it's true he's also like working closely with angus the uh sheriff um mm. or gus the, uh if you remember like I, I i know way too much about this stuff but uh <laughs> angus also known as gus is the sheriff of beaver creek and nick calls him in episode two and that's kind of why the brothers get arrested at least um in the endings where you didn't call lila or go on the laptop that's the excuse why they're arrested mm. and remember in captain spirit 
there was a news, no, not a newspaper, like some correspondence between Charles and the police chief where they're like, oh, sorry, we can't give you the video camera footage that we were supposed to have of this intersection, so we can't help. And mm -hmm. it seems like Nick's connection to Gus could, like, allow him to get off free. Okay. But someone mm -hmm. else at the meetup uh, does not agree with my theory and thinks that I do not have good enough evidence for that. And yeah. I'm, it's mm. kind of right, but it's just a conservation of detail thing. Like, what else do I have to go on, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's, it's interesting. I would say this for people like I'm I'm never the biggest Life is Strange fan, even though some people might think that because of all the content we do on the YouTube channel. But and even web, web pickers go say it to me when I was talking to him. It's like, like Life is Strange super fan. I'm like, I'm not really a super fan. I'm kind of like host content because I give people like you the platform mm -hmm. because you're more vested in that. Um, and I don't come late with my theories and start saying them like, oh, they're my theories. Like I always credit them. Like even when I did my Don't Know Montreal video, I was like, I was like, and these are like ideas that Alex had given me through the videotape and stuff. It's not something I'm going to be like running off and saying, I scream to the hill. It's like, it's better for me to share the opinions of people who invest in the games. But no, it's really interesting you said that. And Alex, obviously we're coming close up to an hour and it's almost, you know, it's really early in the morning for you. And we've spoken so much about it six years after. It's great there. Um, links will be in the content and um, people can go and check that out. I'm going to give you the last plug here as well in terms of like where people can find you, where people can go and find this video. Um, obviously, as I said, it'll be in the links, but kind of like just in terms of if people also want to chat, like is the Discord still up as well? Can they kind of join and still have conversations about Life is Strange too? Uh, I wouldn't recommend joining the six years after Discord. Technically, if you search it up on Reddit or whatever, you can probably still find the link to join, but that's mm -hmm. kind of done. If you want to join a place to communicate about Life is Strange 2 these days, probably the best place to go would be the Wolf Squad Discord server. Mm. Um, which I can, I mean, you can probably search that on Reddit too and just yeah. search like Wolf Squad on the Life is Strange 2 subreddit and you can find a link. Maybe someone will post a link in the comments. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. Can we even post links in comments or is that going to get like deleted? I don't know. I think it should allow me. I can. I seem <laughs> to have been able to do it off the main YouTube yeah. channel. So hopefully I think you can post links as well. I'll have a, I'll have a, if you do it anyway, I'll have a flick and see if hopefully it I've works. I've been in a lot of different uh, Discord servers over the years. You know, there have been like civil wars and stuff in the community, <laughs> like, and, but this new one like kind of developed, I think from some people on the subreddit mm. and um, some of the, People from older discords are there, but, but some of them are people who found the game just like within the past year. So it's amazing there's still like new people finding the game and like joining the server and being like, oh, this game has devastated me. Now I want to talk about it more. No, it's, it's really it's really cool you said that, and, and the Civil War comment is very accurate because it seems to be like a fight, <laughs> a fight between everyone else on like one front. I'm always like, uh -huh. I'm a, I feel like I'm an apologist sometimes with Life is Strange. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I didn't like True Colors as much, and someone else is like, you should really have liked it, but as well um alex again thank you so much for coming on i'm really glad to have you here you've done fab as well and as i said to people go and check out uh, six years after i'll have links in the in the description in the comments hopefully so do check that out and we're going to jump into our next segment which is spread the arts so we'll be losing alex unfortunately at this point but uh thank you again alex for coming on yeah thank you for having me on so i hope you enjoyed that segment of alex obviously you know the magic of editing here but as i said go and check out his event go and check out the stuff that he's done it's great to spotlight that as we said before we've had jonathan on before we now had alex on so it's great to get that on and and alex if you listen to this thank you so much for coming on at four o'clock in the morning you do not understand how much we appreciate that as well the commitment to the cause is like is is yeah is always respected on strange cast so 
By the way, we're, we're done with the main topic segment there. Adam, this is Spread the Arts, obviously. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure thing. I mean, um, I'm always going to be plugging my music. Um, but yeah, I just <laughs> came out with a new single called Wire Connection and actually got on a uh, pretty popular playlist on Spotify. Ooh. So uh, it's a Nintendo Chill uh, playlist, so it's really cool. But yeah, you can find Caster Garden, Wire Connection. I made it for fun. I don't... I don't really think it's my best work, but you know what? It's out there. So uh, check that out. But in terms of real stuff, um, I finally watched uh, the Last of Us TV series. I finally did. Uh. And I really liked it. I honestly really liked it. I Because like you always see on the internet, like, oh, this show is the best show. Why are they making mm. shows like this? And you watch it and it's like, it's okay. It's good. The Last of Us show? Like, man, they nailed it, dude. They nailed it. They made sure because I watched the um the after credit scenes where they do small interviews between um the director and Neil Druckmann, yeah. where they both work together to make uh, a dramatization of what Neil Druckmann did, and there's some corrections to what Neil Druckmann did, like Craig uh, Mazin, Mazin, yeah, yeah, Craig Mazin, guy who worked on Chernobyl, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, he came and he had suggestions for Neil, like, well, why don't we make this character this way? And Neil just says, like, oh, I'm an idiot for not thinking that. Why didn't I why didn't I think of that? Um, so there's some changes to the story, but all in all together, if you like Last of Us the game, you're going to love the show because it expands things that you didn't think needed expanding while also keeping the lines. There's like the one-liners that are from The Last of Us that you're just like, that's that's from the game. Um, even to the the cinematography, it feels like a game sometimes. Uh, the mm-hmm. audio design is spectacular. I I really like The Last of Us show on HBO. Um, it's it was probably the best video game show we've ever gotten, like hands down. Well, the drug is taking a lot of credit there because obviously Bruce Straley worked on The Last of Us. I appreciate Bruce, Bruce Straley a lot, uh, yeah. more so than Neil Druckmann. Um, no, it's, it's one of the, as I said before, it's one of the TV shows I want to watch um, very soon. And it's on my list of things to do. I think the thing is though with The Last of Us and like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of critical of The Last of Us because I don't like the part two. I think it's a very, very poor sequel and it's very, very poorly developed. And it's like a, a, a very much a six out of ten game if i'm being honest i don't understand the critical yeah. acclaim i think it's very poorly developed story is not very good at all um there's all kinds of issues but it's not last of us podcast but anyway on the point with like the last of us it's i think people enjoy it because it's got a very easy premise it's got a very simple premise it's basically like the walking dead but refined like if you ever watched the walking dead and i did for like five seasons before i bailed on it because i was like and everyone bails mm-hmm. at the walking dead at some point the walking dead had like two good episodes per season every other season was just full of filler episodes yeah it was kind of like just loads of nonsense but like the last of us is basically a streamlined version of the walking dead in terms of the story it's telling it focuses on two characters mainly and you kind of go through the world that you're in it's not necessarily about what actually happened to the world it's more about the people that are in it so you have a very good foundation for it you have a very simple premise mm-hmm. with it and for that it's kind of like almost tv gold at that point so i think like it's, it's i would say the benefit. stakes feel the stakes feel higher in the tv show yeah, I mean, like, because I imagine yeah. the expectations that you subvert a bit from the video games, don't you? Because it's like you expect people, you expect the producers to kind of change a couple of things here and there to kind of like make yeah. it a bit more TV TV savvy. So I think like the 
it fits for it. I think like The Last of Us has always had that thing. Like the first Last of Us for me was like a good seven out of ten game or eight out of ten mm-hmm. game, if I'm being honest. I, I wasn't raving about it. I don't think Naughty Dog's very good at gameplay, and I think like it was an okay story. Um, but I, I think like for TV series adaptation wise, yeah, it's it's an easy adaptation for it, and I think that's oh, why God, it's like yeah. worked so well. And with Craig Mazin behind it, it was like it was near perfect. Like it was yeah. really good, dude. Which um, I recently rewatched Chernobyl, by the way, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like so, that's what I mean. like, only... like think oh, of sorry. Chernobyl, like that kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. but with an already established IP, it's like a gold mine. Yeah, like <laughs> Chernobyl was great. Like the only thing I had with that was the fact that they removed the accents. It was daft that they just talked normal English. It's like just put their accents on. And same with um, yeah. if you've watched the Napoleon trailer as well, they're not doing mm. accents in that either. And I'm like, well, okay, it's like it's in the... Assassin's Creed Unity. Like it was supposed uh... to be taking place in France. And they had uh, British accents. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I don't like this kind of thing where it's like it's culturism or it's like appropriation. I mean, Ubisoft is I'm a s- French company. Like, I know. The, that's I, wild the irony. Oh, yeah. are, are, they not, are they not Canadian? No, they're are, French. Are they based in... Oh, they, they've got they studios in Quebec, haven't they? Yeah, they're based yeah in they France, have studios yeah, they like everywhere, but like yeah. it's based in France. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, French, yeah, French. Yeah, so I mean, the, the irony of this <laughs> French publisher and studios yeah. in that. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's annoying me because it's like, just do the accents. It's like, please, it's so much annoying. It's like, even with that, it's like this really great historical piece, Chernobyl specifically. You're watching this really great historical piece and all these Russians and Ukrainians characters that they're depicting aren't doing accents. And I'm like, what is this? It's like, it's not English. It's not in the UK, the US or the in Europe and other parts of Europe. You're in Ukraine and Russia where this story is being told mainly. Um, so either way, Good pick, though. Yes. I don't know why I've been rambling about what you picked for last for, for Spread the Hearts. It should have been my pick. Uh, my pick is very yeah. much easier, and it's going to be that you should play Oxenfree 2. Oh, yeah. Lost Signals. Yeah. Because we uh, we did a review, by the way, if you didn't know. I've, I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast. So we did a review on yeah. it. We did a spoiler cast. Um, it's a great game. It's like cheap as chips. The first Oxenfree, as Adam has always told me, it's like, I think it's on currently on sale on the PlayStation Store for like two ninety nine in the UK, Yeah, if not even cheaper. Like, it's so cheap i think if you have netflix as well you can play oxenfree 2 for free because it's developed on by your netflix phone yeah. games mm-hmm. yeah so it's like it's, it's easy game to play it's great storytelling great dialogue um i'm currently playing it again at the minute because i'm trying to get for my second playthrough and kind of pick up on things i didn't in the first one um yes, we yeah. said in the review we said in the review that it's like it was kind of hard to do that review there and then because we only did one playthrough that game needs multiple playthroughs to really mm-hmm. get an appreciation of it and i think like you have some time you have netflix whatever else pick it up Go and support it. Night School Studio is great for what they're doing. I hope they do another game of it. Um, but thoroughly recommend it. And it's and, and as well as well, everyone knows as well. Like if you play Life is Strange, you come here for the podcast. It's got such a heavy, like, you know, all the like Life is Strange devs have played it. It's got a big influence from Life is Strange. Um yes. among many other things as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets a reference in the Montreal game as well. I, I don't know, Luke said he wants to pick up at some point and play it. So hopefully he does. Um and yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, would completely recommend it. And and by the way, Adam, as well, speaking mm. of Luke, wasn't that a picture of him with hair quite magnificent? <laughs> I guess so, yes. I, I would describe it as magnificent. It was magnificent. I sent him a message back on uh, Luke, for any context as well, Luke posted a picture of him as a young child and he had hair. And I just messaged yeah. him saying, I was like, I, I refuse to believe that you ever had hair. And he started laughing. I was like, yeah. I just I just can't, I can't get over it. It's like, you have... Do you want know when people have the staple? It's like if you show me a picture of yourself with like really like long, blonde flowing locks, I'd be like, nah. Yeah. Like, that's not Adam. No, I don't think I 
Oh no, I did. I did have long skater hair at one point. Then I buzzed. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you you've always but, had the Heisenberg look for me. Yeah, no, I used to have the long <laughs> skater hair like down to here, but um, then I then I buzzed it all off for a prank, and then it never grew back the same. I'm just like, oh damn. Yeah, it sucked. Um, but other than that, I would not recommend that. Um, you know, not not doing that. <laughs> Do you re- but, regret doing that? Oh yeah, no, for sure I do because again, I got to talk to so many people that they shaved their head after having a long cut, and they said, "Yeah, it never grew back the same." So if mm-hmm. I didn't do that, I probably would still have long hair to this day. But yeah. you know, once you shave your head after having long hair, it doesn't grow back, like not mm-hmm. the same. And I'm just like, ah, oh, dang it. But it is what it is. I I'm living with it. No, it's quite an interesting oh. conversation getting to your thirties because I'm in my thirties now, and I've still got obviously like a lot of hair. It's just it's currently mm. uh, tied back as it is. I could still grow it out quite long, but then I know yeah. people who I know who have had like, had like hair transplants and stuff. And I'm like, I, if I was going bald, I'd just shave it off because I don't care about it. But it seems like oh, yeah. some people it really like affects you like appearance, physical, and not passing judgment or anything. For me, it's just more <laughs> the sense that I have hair, and I kind of like I'm like yeah. I'm gonna have it for like a long part of my life. My dad didn't have a receding hairline. Mom doesn't have a receding hairline, so it's like genetically. We're on top no, in, that, yeah. in that category, at least. But anyway, as I said, Oxen Free 2 is my recommendation. Go and check it out and go and play it. Um, but yeah, we'll end the podcast here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, as always. If you are on YouTube, please do consider dropping a subscribe. Turn on notifications, like the video, and share with your friends. Again, you help support our channel. We see a big uptick on our YouTube content. So thank you very much. And also people who comment on their videos as well. Thank you so much as well. And also Strangecast is available on all your podcast services. So you can check us out on Spotify. We have a video version, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, even Stitcher. Stitcher goes next month if you are on Stitcher somehow. But as I said, every service we're available on that. Um, stay tuned, guys. We'll be back for the next episode, which will be episode 50 in August. Um, Until then, take care. See you later. Bye.